0: I think that it, I, I really want people to, everyone everyone that's listening, to understand that, you know, you're ne- you were never, ever, 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 you were never supposed to compare your blessings to other people and to other people's blessings. That was never supposed to happen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning it is Monday. Here on Church Poor oh. confessions. Oh. He will direct your path. So, what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions podcast. I'm your host Emmanuel Hecke, and we're back. We're back. You know what I'm saying? No, no backseat in nobody's car this time. No, no, no. See, we're, we're back in the hot room, back in San Diego, California, where I'm supposed to be. But maybe, maybe I'll switch it up time to time. I guess like that encounter helped me realize that I can kind of be mobile with the podcast. If that's something that you guys would think would be interesting, let me hear you. All right, I'm open, I'm open. Um, today, of course, like I said last week, we're continuing the topic of covetousness. I hope, well, first of all, I hope you guys had an amazing week. I had a very tough week. Um, but, you know, I woke up Friday morning, man, and God's been good. And, you know, remember those couple episodes I said something about, like, we have to take care of our spiritual growth? At least something God told me personally was I had to take care of my spiritual growth in this time, and everything else would follow. I fell off of reading the word at nighttime a lot, so I was reading the word less than I was before, and I think that I p- kind of picked it back up Thursday evening, I woke up Friday morning, I was good, I was good to go, like, not to say, you know, it's still issues, still things that were bothering me, like, I'm just kind of feeling overwhelmed with a lot of work, but, you know, <sighs> I think I've already seen evidence of, like, what God told me being true just because, like, I really felt good waking up that Friday morning. Um, but nevertheless, man, I hope you guys had a great week. Um, but like I said, I'm, we're continuing this topic of covetousness, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's very important. Very, it's something that's been really, you know, bothering me as, as of recent. And, you know, I think, you know, just this week I've kind of really been listening to God and he's given me some stuff for my Situation in particular, um, and I think that a lot of it that he's told me for my situation can be applicable to um, everybody that's watching. So we're gonna get to it. You know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I covered last week was really just defining covetousness, and you know, we started talking about my experience and how I've just been blessed with all these different things. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of things right now. They're all good. You know what I'm saying? They're all you know things that are in some way. Um, going to catapult me in life and, you know, doing things for God's glory and all that different stuff. And I was in this, I was in a long period of feeling bad and God blessed me with the job. And, you know, like things are supposed to be better right now. And I was content and I was thanking God so much until I got to the point where I started comparing where I was in life to other people. And when I started comparing where I was in life to other people, I started to feel bad again. Right. Um, and What sucks about this is that, like I explained last week, is how, you know, you can go from rejoicing in the Lord to complaining to the Lord without anything really changing other than the fact that you're just comparing yourself to other people. Like, God can bless you with something, but because you start comparing your blessings to other people, now you don't even care about the fact that God blessed you and you just want more, you want more, you want more. Now, you're crying on your knees again. When he literally just blessed you, you're crying on your knees again asking for more blessings um, after he's just done that for you. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, the point of this episode is not going to be we shouldn't always be asking God for things. We, We ought to rely on God for everything, right? But the covetousness of it, it's not bad to want things. But as I explained last week, the definition of covetousness, it's like greed. And John Piper gives a definition where it says covetousness is desiring something so much that we lose our contentment in God. Or it is our losing contentment in God so that we start to replace God with something else in our desires and contentment. That's a powerful definition. I think it really captures a lot. And I think what's really important for us to understand is that, you know, we talk about losing contentment in God. I think every time in my life where I have lost contentment in God, it wasn't because God wasn't enough, but it's because my priorities were mixed up. And I think that that's the same for all of us, you know, because remember, you know, I, I did an episode. I don't know if it was the content in life episode, but I did some type of episode where I was um, talking about, um, the, you know, the fruits of the spirit. And a lot of us are are trying to do all this stuff in life in order for us to, you know, be happy, to be joyful, to love, to have peace and all that different stuff. When actually that's in reality, that is the fruits of the spirit. That's a product of abiding in Christ. It's a product of moving with the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Of course, we like fall short all these different places, which makes it kind of difficult and, and weird. But like when we are following the spirit, that should be the product straight up. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say that I'm ever content and discontent in God because of God not being enough when He literally is everything that we long for. But it's more so when my priorities get mixed up, when our priorities get mixed up. And I think ultimately it's when we start to want to glorify ourselves as opposed to glorifying God. In seminary school, and and it's really been something that has really been on my mind constantly, constantly, constantly is that is the idea and the significance behind being created in the image of God. We say it all the time. A lot of times we say it, you know what I'm saying, and we couple it with the fearfully, wonderfully made verse to talk about how, like, you know, we're amazing, we're good, and all different stuff. But I really want us to understand the significance of us being created in the image of God is the fact that our initial purpose for being alive was to glorify God. And to this day is to glorify God, to fill the earth with the image of God, to reflect the image of God. And it's really important that to say that we are created in the image of God is not the same thing to say that we are God. And humankind has been getting that mixed up from the beginning. Where it wasn't enough for us to be made in the image of God, but we have taken steps to try and be like God or be above God like Adam and Eve eating the fruit in order to know things like God. Like, the, like, the, like the, the people of earth building the Tower of Babel a super high so they can position themselves and present themselves as God. And now in 2021, there's a generation upon generations upon generations of people who are doing things for their own image rather than doing things to glorify the image of God. And that is the problem. And I think our own covetousness reveals this. That the things that we want, and I asked you last week, why do you want the things that you want? The things that we want are not things that we feel like we should have so we can glorify God with. It's things that we want for ourselves to glorify our own image. And that, my friend, is idolatry. That, my friend, is when you go against the first commandment. It's when you stop honoring God and before God comes your own image. And you make a God of yourself. I I read to you Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. It said, therefore put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. When we serve ourselves before we serve God, we are putting ourselves ahead of God. And the God that we are putting ahead of God and we are serving ahead of God is ourselves. Idol worship doesn't just look like forming something from wood and forming something from gold and placing it on a shrine. It looks like putting your selfish desires before the matters of glorifying God. That's what it looks like. When you are more concerned with your image than reflecting the image of God and glorifying him in your life. Why do you want what you want? Why do you want to make a million dollars? Why do you want to make a billion dollars? Why do you want the job promotion? Why do you want to be a successful entrepreneur? Why? And like, I'm not like, I really want to hit home that like, I'm not trying to villainize you for, for wanting good things. But I want our community to be a community of people that ask ourselves that question, that can scrutinize ourselves and be critical of, of ourselves. The same way we can be, we can scrutinize and be critical of other people, the same way we can scrutinize and be critical of other systems and, and institutions, we should be able as believers to, to scrutinize and be critical of our own heart posture to make sure, is the things that I want aligned with what God wants for me? Why is it that I have this passion for? This, Why is it that I have this longing for this material, for this item or for this position? Is it because I want to use that position to glorify God or use these things to glorify God? Or is it that I want to be seen as a person who has obtained these things? I want to be seen as a person who is now sitting high on this mountain. Because the reality is there is so much sinfulness in that. in wanting to glorify yourself. Bible says, do not think, let no man think of himself more than what is written. It's dangerous. It's so, so, so dangerous. Some of us don't even know, like myself, that I can be in positions where I'm serving God. I'm sitting behind this mic and I'm talking to you. But still, because maybe, maybe I'm not getting glory in the way I want to get glory. I'm not getting attention the way I want to get attention. I want. I'm getting this. I want. I'm not getting as much money as I want to get. I want to, or or this person is ahead of me in this and. This. And it's like we tend to always just completely forget the fact that God is using us in the place where He has us right now, and we completely forget the fact that yo, 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 like. The point of this is not just for us to be successful. The point of this is not just for us to sit down and be merry and say, look at all these great things that I've accomplished. No, that's never, ever been the point from the very beginning. It has never been the point. The point was that God created you in his image and he told mankind to be fruitful and multiply and fill this earth. Have dominion over everything. Not for our own glorification, but as a representation of God's dominion over everything. Ooh, (laughs) my mic. (laughs) It's not that, you know, and, and let's be clear that it's not that God doesn't want us to have pleasure. Mind you, he's making mansions for us. We're going to live in New Jerusalem one day. It's going to be eternal luxury. He, he has it laid out. It's dope. Like, you know, I haven't been there. You know what I'm saying? But from what I've read, like, you know, it's all that. You feel me? It's, it's all of that, you know? So pleasure. We're going to have that, you know? But he just wants, while we're here on this earth, and really for our entire existence, let our number one priority be honoring him, please that be honoring him and the, and the and the reality of that is that you do not need a million dollars to honor him. You don't need to drive a Tesla to honor him. You don't need a billion dollars to honor him. You don't need that promotion to honor him. I'm not saying it's bad to want these things purely. I I've, I've said this again, but I just want us to be a little more, you know, critical of why we want things and really think about it and then be more open to whatever God wants for us. You know what I'm saying? And, and never put these desires before what he might want for us. But let's go back to this comparison thing. You know, um, I think that it, I, I really want people to, everyone, everyone that's listening to understand that, you know, you're ne- you were never, ever, 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 you were never supposed to compare your blessings to other people. And to other people's blessings, that was never supposed to happen. Excuse me. Excuse me. And I think that the the emptiness that we feel when that happens really, sh- or or this entire concept, and I'll explain it, really shows why you know life is not about us gaining things; it's about honoring God. So, like, let's think about it, right? For me. I get to a certain position, I, I, I you know, I, I've been in the mud for a long time, I get to a certain position, I get a certain blessing, things are cool, but then I see that, oh, somebody else has been here before, somebody else has, his, has accomplished even more than that, and now I'm discontent, that happens to a lot of us. So, you know, I actually started to think to myself, right, there's a story in the Bible, I didn't cite where it was, but you can just Google it, where Jesus heals a blind man, right? Jesus heals a blind man. This man has been blind his entire life until the moment that Jesus um, heals him. And it's funny because they came to Jesus and they asked him, they said, why is this person blind? Is this guy blind because his, his mom's sin or because his dad's sin? And Jesus said, oh no, 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 no. This is all for the glory of God. And I'll get back to that. But Jesus healed him. The blind man can now see. But I started thinking to myself, if the blind man was me, right, in the way that I've been thinking and I've been complaining, my, comparing my blessings to other people, if the blind man was me, I'd probably end up saying, "Well, now I can see everybody else has been seen. Well, why, why? Why? Well, I can see it's not that special to see, anyways, right?" And ultimately, what's happening here when when we start to make those thoughts is that we're taking the blessing that God has given us out of context. You see, because the significance in Jesus healing the blind man was never in just seeing, right? Just just seeing, sight. The significance of this entire ordeal, this entire occurrence was that this person was blind. And now you can see. Although seeing may not be a big deal to people because everybody, you know, typically can see, but the glory of God and the blessing of God lives in the context of the situation where you once were blind, but now you can see. Just like the glory of God and the blessing of God lives in the context of our situations, I can give glory and I can shout and I can praise God for getting a job, even though it's temporary and other people have full time salaries. I can give glory and I can and I can lift up his name for this job. Why? Because I was unemployed for 18 months. And I was praying for this, this job. And I was praying for this opportunity. That is where the blessing and the glorification of God lies in the context that I was unemployed for 18 months. How dare I having experienced that 18 months now be blessed with the job and act like it doesn't mean something. And that's the danger of this idolatry. That's the danger of this covetousness. That's the danger of it. We erase the glory of God out of our lives the glory of God out of our situations because we're too busy concerned with our own image that we want what other people have and we want those things so we can be puffed up as opposed to taking the time to acknowledge I was blind but now I see I was unemployed but now I'm working or the fact that at some point in my life I was a super insecure kid that then, at in a night in February 2018, God spoke to me and called me a winner. When everything else in life was saying that I was a loser. Man, I be sharing that testimony, bro. And that stuff still be getting to me sometimes. You know? I'm not just the person behind this mic, you know, having a podcast, bro. Like, but it's, it's the fact that I'm here. Trying to help other people through the thing that I was delivered, what I was going through, man. You know what I'm saying? That's where the blessing and glorification of God is. That He pulled Emmanuel out of that. You feel me? And He pulled you out of that, and He delivered you from that. And how can we just act like that? Why are we acting like our story doesn't mean anything just because we're not we're not making as much money as the next person? That sucks, man. That's not that's not it. I'm sorry. I disagree. Man, <sighs> man, um, there's still a lot left. <laughs> Let's see, First Corinthians chapter twelve to chapter fourteen is something that I read, um, and I think that I, I really got a lot out of it. in in this In these chapters, it's talking about um it's talking about spiritual gifts that the holy spirit has distributed to people in the church these are not the same gifts as like oh i play basketball well like i'm talented at you know this or that it's talking about gifts like prophesying Um, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, teaching all these different things. You know, these are gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to us. Um, you know, and then, and it's for the edification of the church. And some of the, some of the things that stood out to me while reading this was that, you know, God distributes these gifts according to how it pleases him. Um, also the most highly honored gifts, um, are the ones that are not in front of stage in front and center stage. Um, sometimes. Um, And it also was saying that you can aim to have all these spiritual gifts, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. And um, I think the real point that hit me was in chapter 12, verse seven, where it says now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Now, like I said, this entire These couple chapters are written in the context of, you know, edification of the church. It is the gifts that God has given to the church. Um, But I, I really, I really like this verse because what it showed me was that in all my reading of the word of God, I have never seen God give anybody a blessing so they can glory in themselves. There's always been a bigger picture. The edification of other people and the glorification of him. And it all makes so much sense because in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship. Other versions say we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that God blesses you with what he blesses you with and has given you his gifts. Not for you to sit down and say that I am great. It is for the purpose of glorifying him. He has preordained these assignments onto your life for you to accomplish and then go home. For the sake of his glory and for the sake of the edification of the people around you. You do the assignments and you go home. You say, well, well, I need this. I need this. No, 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 no. You have a mansion at home. You have your treasures at home. That's why in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says 21 it says, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up your your lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Man. where your treasure is where your heart will be also look at how in verse 19 it's really showing the vanity of casting of of trying to get treasures for yourself here on earth is because you'll never rest you can always lose it you're even going to just stress out trying to maintain it all but put all your treasures with god for the next life for the eternal one And where your treasure is, where your heart is also. That's a big one, man. Once I started to get these ideas through this thick forehead, man, it's really made me to feel better. I tell you, like, um, the things that we get are not for getting sake. You know what I'm saying? Like, the goal of life is not to get as much as you can. The goal of life is to glorify God with as much as you get. That's that's it. That's that's the that's the storyline. Oh man. So what's the conclusion of all of this? How do I stop being covetousness in regards to comparison? Um first of all, humble yourself, man. Humble yourself. Recognize that God has a preordained list of good works that he has for you to accomplish. He has certain gifts and certain tasks for different people. And when you start to chase after things besides that, it's a really big sign that you are just in a state where you are glorifying yourself or more or you care more about glorifying yourself than you do about glorifying God and if you're in that state I want you to know two things one um you're in danger of missing the kingdom of heaven as the words of God says that along with the long list of people do I have it here um in Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 to 21 it's on the list of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God and two you will be empty <laughs> you will die yeah um cuz the chase will never never end you will always get to another level and you will always there will always be another level to go and you will continue to chase and you will feel empty um and the last thing that i wanted to say was i wanted to read from isaiah 40 cuz this um this this verse has actually really been been big and like whenever we have more questions when it comes to well why get why has god chosen to give this person you know a bigger platform and this person not a bigger platform remember the ones like like in 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 first corinthians 12 like how it's talking about you know the one that the ones that get the most honor the ones like behind the scenes like the internal organs of the body not like the ones that people can see um so so don't be too caught up in like I need a bigger platform. I need a bigger platform. God will give you what you need um, and you will be honored where you're at. Um, But the point I want to make right now is that like, you know, sometimes we ask all these questions of, okay, well, why did God make this decision? Why did God make that decision? Oh, well, why, why? Isaiah 40 verse 13 to 14. This is what God is saying. is speaking through Isaiah. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why this verse is so powerful to me is because sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that God doesn't know better or that we know better than God. And God is asking, who's the person that taught me? Who's the person that told me what judgment is? Who's the person that counseled me? We're talking about the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. we're talking about the ancients of days, the almighty, all knowing. He knows what he's doing. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this word. And I pray, Father God, that it truly, it truly press on the hearts and the minds of your children, on the souls, on the spirits of your children, Father God. Father God, help us, Lord Jesus, to draw closer to you. Father God, to have self-control so we're not covetous over everything, to trust in you, Father God, and live a life that is geared towards abiding in you. Walking according to the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit being made in our lives, Father God, and living to honor you and glorify your name. Help that to be our everything. Help that to be our goal in life, Father God. And for any desires that we have, Lord Jesus, that is, that is derived from our own covetousness, Father God, we ask you right now, show it to us and let it be uprooted in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. And let your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, I will see you guys next week. Have an amazing week. Peace.